you sack check. Yeah, he's gone, bro. That's mad. Not loyal bro. at all. Charles, your heart. Bully's mad. Nah, that, that one hurt. Welcome back to another episode of the B2B podcast. And it's been a very, very eventful week for all our clubs. From the Manchester United derby to Arsenal going for the title charge to Chelsea still doing topsy-turvy. There's so much to cover. Where do we even start, guys? Before we even start, actually, I'd like to shout out one of our sponsors, um, Kitboys underscore seven. If you go on their Instagram page, you can get some nice, authentic football kits from them. So shout out to them. But Karis, obviously you're the Arsenal fan here. How confident are you feeling about this this title? I don't even want to call it a title charge because I believe Arsenal are going to do Arsenal. They're going to fumble along the way. But talk to me about this supposed title charge. See, I didn't have to mention it. It's you, man, that mentioned it first. All I'm saying is, wait for number 14. It's peak for all of you. This guy's excited, man. Number 14. <laughs> wait, wait on us. I can already see Saliba lifting the Premier League trophy. It's long. He's not It is long for all of you. Nah, but on a serious, serious note, yeah, I'm not going to talk about any title charges or stuff because City are too good, but we'll get onto them later, of course. Um, the way we play against Tottenham, though, it's sensational from start to finish. Like, we dominated from minute one to minute 90, apart from maybe a 10-minute spell where they got some dodgy penalty. It was, it was a penalty anyway, but they got a penalty. But other than that, we dominated most of the game. So I just... I'm really happy to see what the team is. And I just feel like this is just vindication for all the pain we've gone through the past few years. Like, you know, everyone say, oh, tear out, this, this, that. Look where we are now. Look where we are. But I want to see, see what you lot are saying. What are you saying, Kevin? Hate the segment, but no, nah, Arsenal, they're doing well still. They're doing well. However, you have the cheek to say waiting for number 14. I cannot be waiting your entire life. You've been waiting for <laughs> your entire existence. You've been waiting for this <laughs> Oh, All I'm like, saying is keep hating because do you remember after Europa League final when you drove me back home and you were laughing the whole way the whole way through? Look at us where we are now. Yeah, I, I get you. So just to remain focused on the topic, I'm not gonna lie to us. I've come a very long way, and I'm watching the game. It was a very, very like very, very fantastic um performance. Like you're unrelenting, which is why I keep saying and what I love about the fact that teams like Man City and Arsenal are able to dominate the way they play. You score one goal, the objective is to score another one, and to score another one, and to score another one. And I think if you carry that mentality on going forward, that's what will help you get to the next level. However, you're not going to win this year because I feel like you need depth. You really need depth. I agree. I feel like if there's anything that would make us come unstuck would be the fact that we didn't get um, a backup or competition for Thomas Partey who would like actually play more, not be injured as often or have other things going on. But and then... Is Lokonga not Partey's backup? The thing is, I don't really trust him defensively. Like, he's a decent player, but I don't trust him defensively. Um, and then he had some massive injury, which is why we needed to get somebody. But to be honest, I'm not really focusing on that because just right now we're playing so well and naturally you wouldn't really care too much about that. But mm. I think it's a case of let's see where we are in January and definitely if there's an opportunity to get one or two more players in, then definitely go for it and just aim to finish as high as you can. I want at least second for sure. Before we highlight the obvious standout player, do you know who else I really want to talk about? Granite Xhaka. He's had a mad, like, story arc from being hated and stripped of his captaincy and like, everyone saying, like, oh, yeah, like, fuck Xhaka, whatever, to now, like, he owns that that left centre mid number eight kind of role thing he's doing there. Like, he's actually sick. 
a lot of Arsenal fans still wanted him gone, but I rate him a lot as a player. I'm not gonna lie. like he. You can see the difference he makes when he plays for you guys. Um, yeah, I want to hand this over to Yusuf, who we've invited for um, this episode from United District. So, if you want to talk about what he thinks about Shaka for now, before we go to other things later. Yo, what's up, guys? Happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a couple of years now. I think Shaka is often the most important player, a hundred percent. Like. Even when he was playing deep in the double pivot, I think he's doing a very good job there. Like you can say, yeah, he has the odd rash tackle or two, but the way he moves the ball forward was just so crucial for them. His left foot, he'll score some bangers, always against United for some reason. But um Love it. <laughs> every days. time. But um no, like you know what? Actually, uh, you think about the comparison between Arteta and Pep, and I actually I see a direct comparison between Xhaka and Gundogan in the way they operate, because Xhaka now he really since you've got Zinchenko kind of occupying that that sit spot, Xhaka would oper- occupy and build up. Xhaka's now on the last line quite a lot. He's attacking the box. He's making runs in behind. And, and that's the same. Well. He plays like a box-to-box role, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing that you see Gundogan do for City. So that's one direct comparison. I think Xhaka this season has just been fantastic. That like He's gone up a level. He's really performing at a high level right now. I'm so impressed by him. And yeah, I think... Uh, he helps Martinelli quite a lot too because I think the fact that you have an inverted fullback in Zinchenko, someone needs to overlap Martinelli. I've always thought he's a guy who's better coming from out to in rather than a proper touchline guy. And he, whilst he's fine on, he does well on the touchline. I still feel that's where he's best. But Jacko, you'll see he overlaps him quite a lot, and that lets Martinelli come inside. So no, even just that. Um, I don't know if you see it, but. Often in our games, a key feature has been Martin, not Martinelli, Shaka putting in that cross from the left into Jesus, like yeah. so many times. Like, you know, like how De Bruyne to Haaland is like a cheat code. Shaka yeah. to Jesus is that for us, basically. Yeah, Shaka, like, he creates chances, he's scoring goals, he's creating space for others. He's just, and he's a leader. Everywhere. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's so crucial to this Arsenal. Awesome I think if any of us players asking to him to an extent, you can take them out. Someone could do the job they do. You take even Gabriel Jesus, who I think most people would agree has been your best player this season. You take him out, and Ketia to some extent can replicate what he does. Like he brings the intensity, he's got the kind of all round game. Saka out, Martinelli out. Someone can do what they do, but who can do what Granit Xhaka does? I don't see a player who can do that for Arsenal. He and what he does is so important to your game. Definitely. Um, I want to ask either Denzel or Kevin about this. Another player who really impressed me in the game was William Saliba. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, honestly, for me personally, you could say what you want. I'll go as far as saying he's world-class right now. I think he's that good. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to call him that, to be honest. I don't, I've never seen a centre-back his age with that much composure. Like, most centre-backs in their box, they're going to want to just, like, hoof the ball out. But... Nine times out of ten in that game, he was literally just so calm. Like he'll dribble his way out and find a pass, or he'll dribble outside the box and then ping it wide. Like he was basically moving like Van Dyke, if not better. Like it's mad. I can't believe he's that. Like imagine when he's peaked, because there's no way he's peaked now. He's only 21. World class is serious, but I feel like he's very, very well on his way there. But I feel like he needs to do that over a couple more seasons and more things at stake. So in Champions Leagues, like contending for Champions League, contending for Premier Leagues. Mm. I think that's when I, I'll give him the world-class status. However, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't think it's a couple months back, but I feel like he needs a better partner. I didn't think I would say this about Gabriel, but Gabriel's looking very booky. I'm not going to lie to you. He has a lot of lapses in concentration. Go on, you yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I was yeah, going to say that. 
I've had conversations with Karis about this quite recently, actually. I've been for a while, I think. Look, in, in football, your defence is only as strong as your weakest link. And for me, in Arsenal's defence, Gabriel's the weakest link. You look at some of the goals they've conceded this season, the penalty yesterday, the goal to Mitrovic uh, against Fulham. And fair enough, he scored that game and made it up. But a centre-back, should his job should not be to score to make up an error for giving away a goal. He shouldn't be giving away the goal in the first place. Even against Palace, like he nearly gave a couple goals away. He's just He can be so good, but he can just be so erratic. And I think... Arsenal's other defenders, like you're saying about Saliba, he just exudes this calmness about him. Gabriel does not have that. He yeah. just he can be really all over the place and it can really cost Arsenal sometimes. The example I always go back to, that New Year's Day game against Manchester City, Karras' head is currently boiling thinking about it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that game, Arsenal were on top. They were genuinely on top against Manchester City, but that Gabriel red card completely tipped the game on his head. Yeah. That's from that clock that we were first serious, even on another note. That Man City game, I clocked, yeah, we're turning the corner on Dora Teta now. But in terms of Gabriel, I can't lie. I do agree with you guys. I'll kind of give two um, perspectives to it. One, for example, there were links of, you know, other clubs wanting him, like the likes of Juventus and other big clubs wanting him. So it's obvious that Gabriel has some qualities that, you know, when he wants to, he can break the lines of his passing really well. He's very aggressive, like when it comes to defending. But then another perspective you can also say is that that can also be his weakness, that, you know, at times he's over-aggressive. Like, you saw in the United game, he was over-aggressive in the build-up to Anthony getting his goal. Um, <clears throat> and then also, just yesterday, like, you got to stay on your feet. You can't be diving in to get the ball for Charleston like that. I thought he was okay for other sections of the game after, because, like, you know, he headed out the ball well a few times against Kane and stuff. But he is definitely the weak link in our defence. And I think Arteta does know it because if we were linked with a left centre-back in the summer, even though we didn't get one. We were linked to Schlotterbeck, who's at Dortmund right now, and we'd be linked with a few others. So I do know that it's something that we'll try, but maybe in the future, I wouldn't be averse to trying Tomiyasu at left centre-back in the meantime. Like, not maybe straight away, but, you know, for example, in October, there's like nine games for us. I don't know how many it is for all the other teams, but there's so many games, so... For Japan, he's played left centre-back really well. And we know that he's got no weak foot, basically. So he wouldn't struggle with the angles that I need to play there. And for me, he's our best, like, pure defender. So I would definitely try it out at some point or just do White and Saliba. Like, I'm fine with either. I'd, I'd say I'd say Saliba's a better pure defender than Tomiyasu, to be fair. But, like, I don't really keep that. I think he has a defender wider than Tomiyasu. Like, he can just he can defend all across the back four. He's just... When he's fit, he's just reliable. You know what you're going to get from him every game. Uh, that is a good quality to have. But yeah, no, like Gabriel, he just, I don't know, I feel like he needs to upgrade. And I said this to you, Lissandro Martinez, uh, he would have started left centre back fast. And I think he'd have been an upgrade on Gabriel. He might be like six inches, six, seven inches shorter or something, but I think he'd have been an upgrade. Yeah, he would have. No, I agree. As much as we took the piss out of his height and said he was like a bad B, like Rihanna and stuff, <laughs> like. I still would have t- would have taken him to be honest. I can't lie. I just love taking the piss out of United. So how old is he? I, who? Gabriel. Twenty four. I, I think. think he's like twenty three. If he if he if he outgrew that, because I think a lot of defenders do start off quite aggressive, but then when they do calm down later down the line in their career, if he outgrew that, I think he was to be solid though. I wouldn't say sell him. No, oh. no chance. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Another player to highlight as well would be um obviously Gabriel Jesus who is probably I'd put him in my top five signings of the summer definitely I feel like 
if I feel like as a Chelsea fan, if we got Sterling and Jesus, we'd be in a completely different place right now. Yeah, Jesus was a good one to have because instead you got Aubameyang, which you guys are trying to do copium, saying that and he scored, bro. Yeah, I know. We'll get what we'll 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 you will see soon. Don't worry. You will see. Soon. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Like you're getting gas now, but you will see soon. Well, with Jesus, what I love is that he can dribble, link up, play. He's good in the air. Basically, he's just a complete package. He's everywhere. I think if there's only one gripe I'd have, which is very minor, is that his finishing can be better sometimes. But you know that despite that, he'll still get another chance to score because he's so relentless, like Kevin was saying earlier. And that's the key thing about this Arsenal team. They're also unrelenting. Jesus, Martinelli, Sacco, you know what you get from them. They'll always give a minimum 7 out of 10 every game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no. So I think what's interesting about Jesus as well is Arteta's system is generally quite rigid positionally. The zones players have to play and occupy and stuff, but he's given a freedom that he's not been given before. We've not seen him given that freedom on the pep, and he is thriving with it. Like I've been re-watching some of your games, uh, some analysis purposes, and I'm I see him picking the ball up in left back spots when you guys are in build-up. Everywhere, yeah. He's he's everywhere. Even even defensively, like he charges back to win the ball. You will see him running back in the box to win the ball and he'll make a challenge that like he's just like I said he's everywhere he's relentless he's given freedom and I think that he he said it himself in the summer he thrives off that he was really good on the pep don't get me wrong but I think Arteta having worked for him before knew he needed that freedom and that he's he's given him that freedom and the good thing as well is that even just not just charging back for even dribble out his own box just to like relieve pressure for us and it helps because we've had Lacazette who would turn in five years when it came to getting out of the box. And Aubameyang, who, yeah, as I said, Denzel will see soon. But one thing I want to talk about, which I haven't really talked about much, is let's focus a little bit on Spurs. Um, what did you guys think of, you know, Antonio Conte's approach to this game? Because I know some said that maybe they could have put three midfielders to help stop us. Some were, a lot of criticism was aimed at Harry Kane. I know Kevin said a lot about Harry Kane, for example. Um Son was very quiet. So, yeah, I want to know what you guys think of think of it. Romero had a stinker. That's <sighs> what he had. I was thinking, is this the same guy that a couple of episodes back I said he's one of the best centre-backs in the league? I thought, Vin, you know what it is? Browning. We just had no choices. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you did say that. <laughs> you did yeah, say that. Had, oh, I, st- I still did. think he's class, but in that game, boy, he looked shocking. But, um, yeah, I th- do you know what? With Kane, I think you guys just locked him down really well, to be honest. I think you guys nullified his game completely. That's why he looked so shit in that match. But I don't I don't think it's to say that, ah. Uh... No, but let's talk about Kane's record in the North London derby. All he ever does is score a penalty. First. I, I beg you, let me speak on Carry Kane. Yeah, yeah, speak on Kane. <laughs> I, need, I need to go. <laughs> let's go. Talk about Lewandowski too. I need, I need this. Don't oh, get me wrong. I'm not going to just go for the ridicule banter route. I'm going to go through like let's just think about it logically right Harry Kane is the type of footballer where you need hard working creators around you right because mm. he's got a brain and he has fantastic movement right however I'm not going to lie to you in the modern game you kind of have to be able to make things for yourself mm. Harry Kane is like the end of the story so like if someone's done all the hard work and he's at the end of it then yeah you're in a very good position that's like mid 2000s type of striker but the modern game, right? Harry Kane moves like he's his late 30s on his way out of the game. Like, I, I don't know why he's just me. I don't know why he's like that. He, he's in his 20s, no? 
No, I hear you. <laughs> like that. Like, he just seemed so sluggish. Like, you look at him and you look at him, it's like, oh, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. He has a very good shot on him. He's got a very good movement. But Tottenham's not an intelligent team. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think Conte has been a renowned tactician in his entire career, has he? Yes, he has. But to be fair, he has. Last decade, yeah. Last decade. I've recently, no, but not. I've yeah. not seen it in Tottenham. I, I've, I saw it in Juventus. I saw it in Inter Milan, but I've not seen it in Tottenham. Bro, he done it. He done it at Chelsea, bro. Once he switched to that three at the back, he did it at Chelsea. So is it a case where it's a Tottenham personnel that's letting him down? No, it's just his claim starts so negative. Yeah, I don't you know what I think it is. Oh. I think I think his system at Tottenham is very, very simple. Like it's literally yeah. outside centre back diagonal ball into Kane. Kane half turn sprays a long pass. They play like an ultimate team. You stop, any, <laughs> you stop one of those two passes, Spurs cannot do anything. Yeah. Or if you sit deep, Spurs cannot do anything. Son, okay, this guy against a block, I'm sorry. He's just, he's relying on high lines. In fact, you know what? I'm actually, you know, I'm going to say it, right? People have slandered Lewandowski for years for playing in the Bundesliga. I think Kane is more reliant on high lines at this stage in his career than Lewandowski. I agree. Yeah. I think because with you take away the highlands, he's not getting nearly the number of assists he gets. A lot of his assists are just he t- he hits and hopes almost. He just turns and sprays because he knows Son is going to be running or Kulusevski going to be running. With regards to this game, yeah, then uh, Kevin said it. Kane moved like a slug. His legs just aren't there. And against a fast centre back like Celebre, like Celebre's fantastic, like but you he see, was bodying him that game. You, I was you loving see, it. He got, literally a few like a month ago, he got cooked by Rashford. He got he got he got cooked by Rashford just because Rashford was too quick for 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 Arsenal. Whereas Kane, you try to make him run in behind the centre backs, he's not doing it. Son was really off this game, and that made a huge difference for me because he just he couldn't complete five yard passes. He couldn't Tom can't uh, dribble. He couldn't dribble at all, and that's that almost completely took the threat out. Richarlison was the only player I saw on Spurs he, team. Yeah, really he was causing back. headaches. He's a threat. Yeah. But, the rest of them, they just, they didn't step up. And I think this, this has been a theme across Kane's career. He hasn't always stepped up in big moments. Like, and again, the way he, even just the way he moves, he just doesn't show the same urgency. Like you look at, I, I flash back. Okay. Kane and Rooney always compared. I always flash back to the 2016 FA Cup final. We just conceded to go one nil down 78 minute. You know what Rooney does again? Okay? This bear in mind, he's playing, he's playing in a pivot in the final. He picks the ball up. He runs through half of Palace's team, run, runs the pitch, puts a cross in for Fellaini and it gets chested down. Matter scores. But that goal is all Rooney. And this is Rooney in, like, in his 30s, by the way. When he's physically watched. His legs have gone. Bear in mind, Rooney's got hard. Yeah. So much mileage behind him. Rooney had, he had that urgency. He had, like, he still, even whilst his legs were gone, you could see he still had it in him. Like, he was just, he had the dog in him. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I hear it because as well. Another thing I've noticed is, obviously, everyone knows Conte's theme is that three-four-three. Three. Like that's what that's his bread and butter. That's what's made his success. But yeah. he doesn't have the wing backs at Tottenham to do it. He tried to do it with Emerson Royale. Do you no. remember he's he spent that like one, <laughs> one million to improve his game? <laughs> Now, you know, I, I respect, respect it still, that. but it didn't work. Because when he was at Chelsea, obviously, it was funny. I always say Conte made the first modern wing back, in my opinion. He made that out of Victor Moses. 
So he converted Victor Moses from a winger into a wing back, and it just it worked. I felt like that was the first kind of time we saw that what is essentially the modern wing back today in the Premier League when he made that system. Yeah. But when you look at Tottenham's personnel, that, bro, who the fuck is Emerson Royal? But let's be real. First of all, <laughs> that guy, I'm sorry, he's not a footballer. So plainly put, he's just he's not a serious footballer. You watch him play and you're thinking, how did he make it as a professional footballer? He, rem- he reminds me of Angolan ballers. I won't be surprised if it's Angolan. <laughs> Genuinely. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah, I, it's funny because at the start of the season, I thought Tottenham would be title challengers, but yeah. I you might need to have shame. I was saying it from the jump. They'll never be title challengers. Yeah, Let's be serious. Here. They'll finish third or fourth. But yeah. I, I think what's wrong with them, man? I, feel I like think if they're ever going to win a trophy, their only chance now is under Conte. So sorry, Kim. It's true. Yeah. He's going to... Future pod, though, future pod, we have to discuss what's wrong with Tottenham. Like, what is in their DNA that cannot let them succeed? Like, Chelsea's had their time. United's had their time. Arsenal had their time. Liverpool is City now. What is wrong with Tottenham? Why well, can't the snare get it done? <laughs> well, that'll be a whole episode, but it's, it's a top to... First, yeah, we, we don't, we don't know just yet. Dumb decisions as well. But yeah, let's move on to... Um, Chelsea, actually, because we're talking about how... No, 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 forget Chelsea. We need to go to United, Manchester Derby stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Save the juicy parts later, bro. Right, yeah, I want to talk about... Um... You've got to punish you. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had to talk to the higher-ups. The order wasn't right. <laughs> Yeah, obviously, we finally got Potter's Premier League debut, Aubameyang's Premier League debut. We got a win. But what do you guys think in terms of how big of a rebuild is this job? Do you think Potter could be the person to take us forward? Do you think, you know, we've gone about it the right way in terms of, like, removing everything to do with the Abramovich era? You know, we sacked... <clears throat> um, Neil Bath's gone now. We sacked Czech, got rid of Marina, obviously got rid of Tuchel. And now we're looking for a sporting director. You know, we we're in talks with Christoph Freund from, I think it's either Salzburg or Leipzig. Leipzig, that broke down, but we're still looking for a sporting director. So what do you guys think? You sat check? Yeah, he's gone, bro. That's mad, I'm not loyal at all. Chelsea are hot. Bully's mad. Nah, that, that one hurt me, lost his head. He lost his head for the club. <laughs> He lost his head for the club. <laughs> You're a dickhead. Oh shit! <laughs> no. <laughs> if I had it my way, Czech is going nowhere, bro. He's Chelsea through and through. But obviously, these Americans came and they said everything Abramovich got to go. Yeah. This baseball philosophy, man. Bro, anyway. even even the ball boys. They said, "Were you here when Abramovich was here? It's time to go." <laughs> Yeah, what do you guys think? I think Chelsea, their squad building has been so funny because they've spent hundreds of millions on attackers, hundreds of millions on defenders, and you've got Jorginho starting every week in midfield. Dendo was hyping him up. Relax on James, the best baller in the world last year. Relax on him. European Championship and UCL in the same season. Chill. He was the worst player on all of those teams, bro. Chill on Jorginho, bro. When nah, the players does that shout like, It's just, I don't know, like, you've got your, your midfield selection, Jorginho, who's just, I just don't think you can rely on him, to be honest. I just don't think you can rely on him. Kante, we know he's fantastic, but he's so injury-prone now. And yeah, he's odd now, man. He's really, he's really injury-prone. Um, Kovacic, I think, has been fantastic. Still a couple of flaws, but I think he's been your best midfielder for a while. 100%, I love him. 
Gallagher scored a fantastic, fantastic goal yesterday. I saw that and I was like, wow, I did not know he had that strike in him. But again, he's kind of not really what you need a midfielder. For me, you need a a, a defensive midfielder who can who can pass and like properly control games, but also not be like such a defensive liability. Someone who could like you can make oh, the argument Jorginho kind of does that, but like his pass is hanging the air forever. You need someone who could properly zip him around. Sorry to cut you, bro, but in literally the last minute of the um, transfer window, we signed Dennis Sakaria. Who I've never watched him, <laughs> but I knew straight away. Only Kevin said, watched him, I think. Straight no, away, I saw the signing, yeah, and I said, This is Saul all over again, man. <laughs> He's not good. Bro. He's <laughs> I, my heart sunk. I just said, This is Saul part two, bro. <laughs> He's going to come on and have like what? Probably max 10 appearances this season. I'm just going to let him go back to Juventus. I'm thinking, why do we do that? We knew the problems we had and we went and bought a player that does not fit that profile at all. I was thinking, you know what? It's a Chelsea thing, isn't it? Fair enough, man. But yeah, I think watching the game, it's frustrating to what uh, we've seen. I've seen some improvements under Potter, which I liked, but the thing that still frustrates me watching Chelsea is a lot of our game, our build-up is still just sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards. Like, we don't have players that want to Make that risky pass, or we don't have players yeah. that see that run. Sorry, do, do you know what I clocked? There's been so many times where Sterling has made such a good run, he does it multiple times, and you don't pick him out. Even no, the Palace no. game, as much as I slammed at Bamiang so much, there's been times where he's making so many runs and nobody's there to pick him out. And I think that's gonna be your undoing this season. Like, your players just do not have vision. Like, Mason Mount, do not let me start. I'm so sorry. I like I him, I well, in terms of vision and creativity, Kyle, um, Kyle, so making me mad. Where was this? Where was this argument for Ronaldo? When Ronaldo was doing this last year, where was this argument? Why? Why? Are you, why? Are Let it go, bro. Why are you doing this? We're not doing this for Ronaldo. Because so I'm a Messi fan anyway. I saw you something. Know I'm like Messi. I will never. I will never care about Ronaldo. I'm so sorry. Sorry, let, sorry. Let's remain on topic. I just have to get that out. There. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I saw something mad the other day. I don't know how true it is, but someone said something like, um. Since he's been in the Premier League, Mason Mount has only completed seven free balls. Hey, I saw that and I said, "Stuff for Allah, that cannot be." Right. <laughs> There's no way seven free balls in how many seasons? But now that I'm deep in it, I'm trying to think how many free balls do I remember Mount completing? It's One of those five yard passes. Yeah, they, they besides the Champions League final, he doesn't really hit that killer ball like that. He's He's an interesting player because you can clearly see the potentials there. Like he's a player. Yeah. On his day, he's unbeatable. But the problem is on his day is that every five games at best, he's not consistent enough in that. And another problem is with creativity, we were talking about Sterling's runs. As much as Werner was absolute cheeks, Werner made a lot of runs that didn't get picked up. Fair enough, his finishing was sus, but he made loads of runs and nobody ever picked it up. It gets Jorginho and he'll just give it back to the centre back, or it gets to like Kovacic and he'll like spray it out wide. And meanwhile, Werner's and then Werner's run offside already. Like it happens a lot. I feel like our problem is we just we don't have that creative play in midfield at all. Like fair enough, some people say, "Oh yeah, Jorginho, you know, sometimes he hits that first time ball over the top." But how many of Aubameyang is not making that run? Sterling will make the run, but then by the time he's made the run, no, again, no one's picked it up. It's frustrating to watch. I think you're in a transition season with Graham Potter anyway. And the good thing is that I've seen the rumours from German media and even Romano saying that 
and Kunku's probably going to join join you once yeah. you pay his release clause because he's already done a medical for you guys. So I think he'll solve a lot of creativity issues. But my main thing with him is where you're actually going to position him because he, he's so versatile to a point where you don't know where he'll play, whether it's like up front or behind the striker or out wide because he can play anyway. I play him as a centre forward and put Sterling on the left. Also, Havertz played right wing. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was going on there. I was watching him, and I said, "I'm going to reserve judgment." Because I'm thinking, why is this guy on the right wing? This is another problem. Where does Havertz play? I feel like you've got too many players like that where you just don't know what they are exactly. And this is this is where I, I have reservations about Chelsea signing Quinku because I'm like, he's a fantastic player, clearly, but what is he? I think yeah. you need to sign players where you know what they are. And understand, I've just got to say, you've got to feel bad for him. He's gone from having De Bruyne find him every single time to, to this. <laughs> like, you to, he's you've fighting got to, for his life every game, bro. He, he must be thinking, like, what have I done? But, um, no, yeah, I think I think Potter's the guy. Uh, he's a good guy for a job. I think what's good is Tuchel did do a lot of good work. And mm. Potter's a similar guy. They're both proactively pragmatic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they're proactive coaches, but they're not afraid to make the changes that need to be made. But he needs he needs backing, and that's where I think you need a sporting director who shares his vision. That's the most important thing. At Brighton, he had that, and they were always they were not not just buying, but they were buying, they were making smart buys. Like some of the guys they've got, you would you wouldn't think like they'd be good. Even even that like Midoma guy yesterday. He came on and like looked really impressive. It might just be Trent. The, the Japanese guy that cooked Trent. Yeah. It might just <laughs> yeah, be Trent. Yeah. Back, but he looked really impressive and I've never heard his name before. That's like, their scouting has been fantastic. And I think you need a guy who can just make those really smart buys. Yeah, I can't like, if, kind of cooking over there, their players. We've got Tomiyasu, that guy in the past. Tomo, yeah, Honda. Yeah. Like, hey, what's going on? We need to start looking over at Japan, you know? they got like technical <laughs> players in, in Asia. Yeah. That's the thing. I think I think honestly Chelsea's best lineup for me it includes Havertz as the centre forward. I think I think he need I think he just he in 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 this team his best position is that centre forward role because yeah, the false nineteen. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because like he's got good movement, good predatory instincts. You saw that in his game against uh, England that that second goal he scored. His yeah, instincts, his instincts are really good. Uh, execution also, is a different story there execute, his execution is not consistent but also like his first touch sometimes can be fantastic and that he gets so many opportunities just because he turns a bad pass into a good one with his touch sometimes and I think if you have Sterling as a player who's just consistently making runs off him playing in quite close proximity to him I think that dynamic will over time develop and become actually something quite good and I think if anyone can make that work it's Potter because he's got a reputation of using players in unique ways where uh, that that bring the best out of them. Like Alexis McAllister was a centre forward, he now plays as a six. That's so wild to think about, but this is the kind of coaching you have. So I think if anyone can get the best out of Havertz, it's Potter. And look, it's, he's not been at his best, but he was a very high quality player in Germany. And I don't believe that quality has disappeared. I think if he continues to be bad, you've got to cut your losses. But one of Protter's priorities should be trying to get the best out of him. If he can, you know, if you can get the best out of him, then that solves the problem internally already. You don't need to go out and buy a striker, mm. and you can devote the money to midfield. But that's that's my opinion. Not a lot of people share it, but I watched Havertz at Leverkusen quite a bit, and I thought he was really impressive there. So I think I think that would be a dynamic that works. 
I haven't even given up on him per se. It's just I want us to, as soon as possible, like before we get to halfway through the season, I need to know that when I see Havertz's name on the team sheet, I know where he's playing. Yeah. Because at the moment, when I see his name on the team sheet, he's only going to be anywhere from a 10 to a false nine or a winger. And it's frustrating because it's like they keep moving him around. And a lot of the time he doesn't, when they keep shifting him around like this, he doesn't impact the game. So it's yeah. like, like this time around, he played right wing and that, that's not his position. Like you can see he's like, he kind of just had to make it kind of work. That's the thing. Like it's so hard for players to develop consistency when they're not in consistent, stable environments. And I think people don't realize this about football quite a lot. Like to get consistency from a player, you need to give them consistency. And I think Havis has been very unlucky too because he's caught COVID three times. Yeah. I've been caught COVID three times that like it, he always. He'll go on a run, you'll think, wow, he's finally going to start showing his quality. He'll get injured, he'll get moved position, the system will change, or he'll get COVID and it'll disrupt him. And it's like, you almost feel bad for him because he's just not been able to properly get going. Like, he obviously holds some blame because at times he just doesn't impact games at all. But at the same time, he's not always been given the means to. Honestly, sorry, can I? It's one of these things where we just have to. Um, hope that he gained some consistency that's the main issue because against England even though he had a few ropey touches he was very good at his finishing and his movement mm. um, but just a case of that at the top level you don't have a lot of time to prove yourself as well like Tommy Asi, for example had some injuries and some bad luck as well like he never pr- really put a foot wrong for us but a few injuries and now he's on the bench to Ben White so it's just to say that in football we don't have much time to prove yourself so when Havertz has these runs, he really has to impress. Like, for example, we'll get into United later. Martial has been injured for a few weeks and he came on and got a brace. So, like, you might have a lot of time, you might have little time, but you have to impress fast in the Premier League, especially at a top team. Um, one player I wanted to talk about before we move on is Thiago Silva. I think we need to give him a lot of praise for a guy that's 38 years old to be doing what he's doing. Ooh. One of the best defenders of our generation. Kevin, what are you saying about Thiago Silva? Thiago Silva is a fantastic player. I'm not going to lie to you. He's a very good player. He just screams experience. So when he's on the pitch, you know what you're getting. He's been doing this for many years now, so you just know what you're getting. Um, my main point, though, for, for this Chelsea segment, I will get back to Thiago Silva, is everyone's made very good points here, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to count for anything because Chelsea are not a patient club. They're not a patient club. Just yep. not a club that's willing to wait. They're not a club that's willing to keep trusting you because of your upside. United are the reverse. We trust too long. Chelsea don't trust at all. So that was under Abramovich, though. We don't know how it's going to be with Bowley. No, Bowley's Bowley, like tactical quick. So let me show you got evidence that. No, but if you read everything, they were saying that he was he was planning on getting rid of Tuchel for a minute, which is a bit weird. I don't know. How that went? They are warning signs. This guy's Abramovich 2.0. He's just, he's just, he, yeah, he's, is he Abramovich? Yeah, Abramovich was a communist version. This nigga's a capitalist version. Man said we got the American dream version. American dream version. <laughs> Bowley's not even stepped foot long in the Premier League yet. It's about All Star game. This guy's not patient. This guy's coming. I'm gonna make a change. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this league. Like I'm dying tomorrow. He's gonna sack Potter. Let Potter lose three games. He's gone. Nah, I don't believe. I think he's gonna let Potter. I think he'll give Potter at least two years to build something. 
Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. But, that's, that's normally the, the the how it goes at Chelsea. You get two seasons, you don't do well, you bounce. Like we've never had a manager for three seasons. For I think the fact he actively wanted Potter to like you're given the benefit of the doubt. I see what Denzel said, but I see what Kevin said too. Like, yeah. I don't know how different it's actually going to be because it's just it's just how Chelsea are as a club. But let, let's see what happens. Like, Boley's clearly got big plans. He wouldn't have taken over Chelsea. He wouldn't have put promised so much investment into them if he didn't have big plans. One so, billion, bro. One billion. That, that's a lot of money. 100%. It's killing me because Karis' screen is just frozen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think now is the perfect time for us to... Get into today's fashion. Six, Kevin. I need to know what you're thinking because I knew from the start of the season you were already saying, "Oh, you're going to be shameless. You're going to be shameless." But six, six bum us goals, two hat tricks in this same game. That's not happened. Two match balls. Leicester. <laughs> ha. I'm not gonna lie, Yusuf. Let me tap you in. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll take them. So, before before I start. Uh, saying the things I really want to say, I'll give a, a bit more balance and analysis of the game. So, um, I thought that booking Dalot in the first minute, I thought that was just a stupid decision from the ref. You never, you never book in the first minute of these kind of games. The first challenge is, and it would have to be a really bad challenge. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. Like it, it was a trip. It was, a, it was a foul, hundred percent. But I don't get booking him in the first minute because that was that was silly. But then after that, we didn't recover. We lost our nerve completely. <laughs> Not just that, like everyone else then uh, a few minutes later, Malasia got booked. And down the wings, they were just they were overloading us every time they were killing us. That like within minutes, they had that flurry of free chances, and you're walking away thinking, How the hell did they not score? Because but we just we weren't tracking, we weren't tracking well enough down the wings. And then through the middle, oh my gosh, it was it was hurting me because I'm like, it's, it's that it's no that DM second. and they were freestyling. It's that second part of the ball, especially. They just, Grealish just carried it completely through the middle of the pitch, unchallenged, gave it to De Bruyne, pretty much unchallenged. De Bruyne has time and space to pick up a pass. I was getting flashbacks of years of one of the greatest defensive midfielders of all time stopping that exact situation, and he was sat on our bench. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I generally, this might be controversial. I think from a defensive standpoint, you can make a strong argument for Casemiro being the greatest ever in that position from a defensive standpoint. He came on and he was shit, though. He wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, I get his point, but you're bringing him on into a crazy situation, bro. Like, yeah. If he starts from the start, he's having a much better game. But, like, you know, and he needs a bit more match room still, I think. Yeah. But it's just wild to think the number of situations that he could have stopped, even a not 100% Casemiro, stops quite a few of those transitions just because of his inherent quality. If he can't tackle, he'll foul. Yeah, exactly. And he did that with the in the semi-finals. He did that with the Bruyne semi-finals. Everyone was crying about it, uh, saying, oh my gosh, he's so dirty. He's so dirty. This is what the best players do. Busquets does this all the time. Fernandinho did it for City all the time. Rodri does it for City all the time. Thiago does it for Liverpool all the time. This is what players do. They tactical power. And Casemiro is one of the masters of it. But for, so for me, like the fact he wasn't on the pitch was just, I don't know, like Ericsson was really bad. I'll, I'll defer to Allow him. Bro. He's got a pacemaker. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't keep up with the, with the pace of the game. <laughs> oh, he's like, to stop now. You might he died, fam. I will, I, will, I will defer talking about Bruno Fernandes until later. But um, I'll, I'll let me, me and Kevin can do that one together, actually. But, uh, what did you think Kevin, of the talk comment? to us. 
What did you think of McTominay before he gets hurt? I'm not gonna lie to you. When I see McTominay, I feel like I should take I should take the football more seriously. Like there's hope. There's actually hope. <laughs> even now there's hope. Even now there's hope. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like every person knows, everyone here knows. We've never played professional football, but the point objective of the game is you. When you see defenders pressing your man, you go into position where you can receive the ball. McTominay is out here doing. He's, he's out here hiding behind the Man City players. Like he doesn't want to get the ball. Like he doesn't want to be blamed. Like. I've never seen a footballer not be able to progress the ball properly. If he can't progress the ball properly, at least have defensive acumen. And even then, he doesn't have defensive acumen. So how did he make it in the game? Scottish, bro. Faggy tax. He was a striker in his youth. He was a striker in his youth. He can strike a ball. Nevertheless, the game in itself, I firstly feel like, because it's City, it's like, we're going to lose. And I knew we were going to lose. But the way we lost, I expected so much more. It's like, I was impressed with Alessandro Martinez, despite the scoreline. I think he showed real heart. And I hope he doesn't lose it because of the way United are. Rafael Varane, I don't know what his bones are made out of. I quite frankly do not know. Like, he, he, he's like... You're lucky with this one because he, spra- he sprained his ankle. You know what, though, yeah? I feel, like, I feel like that could happen to any player. Yeah, Varane has a not the best history of injuries, but I feel like that one isn't a thing about him being weak necessarily because, like... Uh, and, and you've all done degrees, like... In, in a field close to this, you all know like that impact injury. Like you watch that angle back, like it just his it ankle just bends the wrong way and then it gets caught on the ground. So like it's painful. And I and a part of me honestly feels that had we not conceded that third goal, he'd have he'd have carried on till half time at least. But Ten Hag knew when we when he conceded the third goal, it was game over. He just took him off. And I think that's smart. I think I'm hoping it's only like a couple of weeks because we need him. He has been absolutely like Titanic for us this season. He's been he's been unbelievable. I need well. Harry Maguire back. That's my brother. Hey, the opposition need Harry Maguire back. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, the defender. If I had to pick a legend in the defense that I would want for this game today is Vidic. Because Harlan thinks he's bad, and he needs a, a great. <laughs> <laughs> thinks he's bad. He is bad to be fair, but he's him, bro. Harlan thinks that Harlan is him. Yeah, but Vidic is him up. <laughs> you need him. I hear you. He's gonna do um he's gonna break his leg. Yeah, break his leg, you know what I mean? But like all just aside, we don't wish that for the football game, but we we're just men against boys. Yeah. Like it was completely complete domination. And so Malassia got hooked as well at half time, you know. Sorry? Malassia got hooked at half time. I don't, that was weird to me. That's not the substitution I would have made. To be fair, he was on a yellow card, so like uh protected him. Yeah. I think um Back to the men against boys part, though, precisely like this is year six pep against month three ten hog. Like, we lost, but I don't think it's a, that deep of a loss. Like, it's the Manchester derby, it hurts to lose conceded six goal, but I don't think that's deep. This the, in the same way, and Karis come back. I said this when we beat Arsenal, I said, don't get too carried away by this win, there's still a long way to go. We need there's this is a rebuild, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, and we need to just we need to temper our expectations. Yeah, we don't expect to be conceding six and we're going to need to work on that over time. But this loss will turn into a lesson. Look, Pep held four to Everton in his first season. Lost four two to Leicester as well. Klopp got beaten five. Okay, fair enough, they had a red card. Klopp got beaten 5 0 in 17 18. I think it was 7 0. Was it to Southampton? No, that was was, was a different game. Uh, Klopp got beaten 5 0 by Pep. Look. These games happen in a rebuild, and the important thing is learning from it and moving forward. Okay, 
if we take the experience from it in the long term, it might sound crazy, but on the day, it could be a good thing for us. We can look back in years, in two years, and think we lost that game 6-3. Wow, that made such a difference. Even after Brentford, we lost 4-0. The next game, we immediately saw a difference. That story of Ten Hag making his players going on a day off to run. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what comes out tomorrow, to be honest. No, it's just the thing. The thing that I'm gassed with is that it's happened in a, in a derby, in it because United fans on Twitter since the Arsenal game they've been running their mouths. Sancho's better than Saka, Varane, Lisandro, best in the world. I'm not saying that they're bad or anything, but like half the talk was get me pissed off. So when I saw this humbling, I was like, beautiful. This is what football needs. Sorry, let's speak about Sancho because I I think my opinion about him is I'm a little bit worried about him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not going to lie, a lot of people have said from the jump, Sancho is not, I don't want to say he's a false image, but a lot of people for a long time been saying he's not who a lot of United fans think he is. Mm. And we saw that today, like his touch was shit, didn't really impact the game. He just, he was just there to be there. Like he didn't really, I can't say anything of note he did. You know what though, like, I thought that... Whilst he was bad and he needs to do that, I think I think it's uncharacteristic for him that his touch is that bad. Because usually, if he does anything, even in his bad games, you can see he's still got a good touch. You can see he's still like he can make passes, he can make decisions. Today, it just I don't know what happened, but like like Kevin said, it is worrying that. Uh, now I, I'm a big believer in Sancho. Okay, you don't get 20 goals, 20 assists, age like 19, 20, if you're not an elite talent. You, it just it's impossible it doesn't happen and I, you can say Bundesliga Holland, all that nonsense all you want it doesn't happen for me so, um, his touch and technique on the ball I've debated loads of times with you so I've been like you know for me Sancho's not world class and I still you know like stand by it but for me his touch technique creativity is not um, something that should be questioned we all know he's a very talented footballer and guys that Jared Bowen will talk about it later shouldn't be getting to the England squad ahead of a guy like him but for me, where Sancho lacks <clears throat> in terms, like, in compared to, like, other wingers, like, let's say, a Saka or uh, Rafa Liao is that intensity and just, you know, unrelenting nature that all the best wingers have. Like, you know Sancho can dribble, but, like, sometimes I don't feel like he takes on his man enough for the ability that he has. And we know that he's got a lot of composure in the box when he wants to finish, but... How many times do we see him in the box enough to finish chances or, you know, show that composure? So for me, it's a case of that, you know, you've got all the ability. I just don't see you impacting the game enough for all the ability that you have, if that makes sense. Can we chalk it up to him being like, obviously he's at what, 22? He's at our age, basically. And imagine you're in a game where you're getting battered. Yeah. His probably, he's probably, his morale at that point is probably so low. He's probably thinking that, you know what? Yeah. I'm not even going to bother, bother running anymore. Like, what am I going to do now to change the fact that we're like four goals down? But that's where I legends think... were made, though. Because like, that's where legends were made. Why Ronaldo and Messi were are, are the, the way they are was because Messi at 19 would come on and no matter what the scoreline was, you know he'll at least get you one or two back. You know what I mean? Like, that's where the 100k per week is coming from. It's that mentality. What got you there was mentality. So if you've now lost it because you're at the peak of your game, when your age mates... Some certain certain players at your age were all the contending for Ballon d'Or, so you bet you best put your socks up and continue playing the game. Yeah. You keep fighting. Key Martial, and I, and I think I tell you what, I think actually I think if anyone can get out of it, it's Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag, you, yeah. uh, these reports coming out, he doesn't take 
anything less than 100%. 100% is, is his minimum. He, he, he really pushes these players quite a lot and he's got a lot out of quite a few players. And I really think he believes in Sancho. How, how could you not believe in a player with that kind of quality? Mm. So we've seen promising signs. Like I think whilst he's had bad games, he's had really good games too. It's just United have been a dysfunctional environment, but I think Ten Hag can get the best out of him. One thing I do think we need to say is we need to get him on the ball more because when he has a lot of touches, it's in those games where he gets the ball, he gets to handle the ball, where he's at his best. But we've got we've got Bruno dominating the ball now. Anthony, get a bit. We'll get we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to Bruno, but we'll get to Bruno. I'm gonna say. You made a good point where you said that Ten Hag only um, demands 100% from his players. I remember seeing a clip before um, Ten Hag actually came to United where I think they were in some random league game and he was, I wouldn't say arguing, but like remonstrating with Noah Lang, who's now not at Ajax anymore because he wasn't putting 100% into the that game. And, you know, look what happened to him. He was out the club and now he's at Club Bruges. Still hasn't gotten his big move yet either. So, you know, you know with Ten Hag that in training and, you know, in the lead-up to games, he'll be wanting a lot out of Sancho. Well, yeah, Kevin, were you going to say something before I interrupted? No. You know, actually, oh, on that, in that regard with Ten Hag, he gets compared to Pep quite a lot. I actually feel he's got a bit of Mourinho in him too. Like, the good aspects of Mourinho. I, 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 I don't know if you guys see it, but, like, it's the way he just, he really demands a lot from players. And obviously Pep does that too, but I think he demands it in the way kind of Mourinho does, but not in like, not in such a provocative manner necessarily, because I think that's an issue with Mourinho, but I think yeah. Ten Hag is, he's got a bit of Mourinho in him. Now he's willing to adapt, but he knows what he wants. There's only room for one bold genius, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Bruno. Let's talk about Bruno. It's time. Mr. Hero in fact, you know what? Let's let's let the non-United fans go first. I think me and me and Kevin need a bit more time to compose yeah, ourselves. Let you might go first. He's a, he's a I describe he's a false ten. <laughs> yeah. no, and not even not even because of ways because he, he's not a real number ten, bro. He's he's a false ten. That's what he is. He doesn't he doesn't do his role. He picks the ball up and he's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let me let me let me try something spectacular today. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how Bruno plays in my head? He watches David Beckham comps, but he hasn't got the execution of David Beckham. <laughs> like, you know the, the who feeling that? Yeah. Like, I think he fixes David Beckham. Like, I'm not even joking. That's what Bruno reminds me of. He's such a weird player because if you look at his stats alone, you'll think, rah, he's the guy. You'll think he's cold. Then you watch him, you're thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> you're thinking, how does his numbers equate to this performance? He's like... If you do something enough a couple of times, you'll get a result. Like if you shoot at a board a hundred times, you'll hit a bullseye at least 10 times. But that doesn't mean that you're cold because you hit 10 bullseyes. It took you a hundred tries. It's volume, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, he's pure volume. Like he's not, he's not a quality guy at all. He's just like, let me, if I try this one through ball like 10 times, one time it's going to hit someone. Mm. Today, the 2nd of October, 2022, I want the date to be known was one of the single worst performances I have ever seen, not just from Bruno Fernandes in his life, from any Manchester United player in the life. That was hurting me. Within within 10 minutes, I wanted him off the pitch. <laughs> it was one of the same... It was maybe his worst performance I've ever seen. In fact, no. His performance against Arsenal at the Emirates last season, that performance, that, 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 that like, sent me crazy. 
this was arguably even worse than that. This, okay, I, I do not, there are not enough words in the world for me to describe. You could write essays, entire books on how bad, it wouldn't be enough to describe how bad this performance was today because all I saw every single time he got the ball, poof, 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 bro, keep the ball. For once in your life, keep the ball. Stop. The back of your Beckham, you know, mad. You are trying to boot the ball in behind Kyle Walker. What is the logic? You're just trying to boot it behind Kyle Walker. You're booting it for Marcus Rashford to win a header against centre-backs. Rashford is not that guy in the air. Rashford's a fantastic player, but in the air is not where he's strong. And this guy is just booting it, booting it, booting it. Every single time. I cannot tell you how crazy it was driving me, but I wanted him gone. Okay? That, and no, you know what? That was a sellable performance. That's the kind of performance that's bad enough you sell a player for that performance. And yet he does this same kind of thing every big, almost every big game. Today was just the peak of it. He was just, I even saw early, you know that, you know that outside of the foot pass he pulled off against Arsenal? He tried that against Walker, didn't work. This is Kyle Walker we're talking about, bro. But he was... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be shabby Alonso. Kevin, Kevin. Bruno wants to be shabby Alonso so badly. Like, yeah, he's not going in the locker. You know what I mean? Like, the, the way City are, it's a well-oiled machine. They're not a team that's going to get caught on the break. Because you know they've got a plan B, plan C, plan D for anything you've really got to throw at them. To be City, you have to be near enough perfect. Right. So yes. when he was doing what he was doing, I looked at him, I was just like, he has to come off. But then but then I had to, <laughs> I had to catch myself and I said, if he comes off, who is going on? That's that's the problem. <laughs> Who's actually going on? If Bruno Fernandes comes off the pitch, nobody's going on. Do you get what I'm saying? But at the same time, Bruno Fernandes is. Dare I say it, if United was actually at the peak of their powers, Bruno Fernandes wouldn't get a sniff in this team. Which told that United are actually in a very, very bad situation. Even on the peaks. At the peak of our... And the worst part is Fernandes' personality as well. I have to add to it. I, I like I like the fire in him though, so I, I can't. No, say no, that. no, no. Have you seen his comments in the media? He's always chatting about oh, other players do this, but when it's Bruno, like he talks in third person. Oh, he's talking third person. Nah, man, yeah, yeah, he does. He's head gone. He's head gone. He's head gone. Bruno's the kind of player he definitely. You know, the, some players you know they've got burners on Twitter. Bruno's got a burner on Twitter. Oh, 100 percent. Hundred percent. Definitely. He's always talking about critics. Like when when I, when I saw his wife say like this guy when he comes home at ten at night he drinks Red Bulls and starts watching games, you just know he's got screws loose in his head. Hundred percent. This this guy I once had this I once had a discussion with my friend with my friend PK where he said he thinks most footballers like have definitely got something mentally wrong with them. If they weren't footballers they'd be like sociopaths in some form. Bruno Fernandez is one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Bruno's PR team are working overtime. I think it was a few epi- it was a few, few pod episodes back, yeah. And it was like some weird statistic. Bruno has the second best touches leading to assists in Europe. Yeah, what pre- does that even mean? It's a huh? new stat. They had to make it for, for players like him, pre-assist. Pre-assist. What the what the hell is pre-assist? The pass before the assist, bro. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, Bruno Fernandes is working overtime, but they're going to have to work quadruple overtime for what he did today. Absolutely shocking performance. And when he shot it to Edison, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I started doing other things, like the match was background noise at that point. He shot it at Edison, and the shot wasn't even menacing. And he started shouting at someone, I'm like, nah, he's, he's done. And I saw the captain armband, I said, nah. And I saw Alex Ferguson in the stands, and I just said, nah. I just couldn't watch it no more. <laughs> 
too much. <laughs> me, my Tierra and me was watching greatness. Oh, Harlan's like. dad was watching greatness, bro. Harlan's dad watched him drop a hat trick on you, man's head. <laughs> That's vengeance. But yeah, speaking of Harlan, that he's gonna smash every first of all, he's the first player to score three hat tricks and three home games. Oh my goodness. He's on 14 oh, goals in eight games. Wait, man, you man, I got a stat. I need to read out, yeah. It's talking about how quickly Premier League players have got hat tricks. So I'm gonna go from top to bottom. Andy Cole, it took him 65 appearances to get three PL hat tricks. Fernando Torres, 64. Van Nistelrooy, 59. Michael Owen, 48. Erling Haaland, eight appearances to get three Premier League hat tricks. He's not real, bro. He's just, he's just, he's such a cheat code because, like, he either you'd think a player like that against, because a player of his kind of pace, you'd think, okay, just play a low book. What? He moves, he's got, he's so nimble for his size. Yeah. It's insane how nimble he is for his size because, like, the micro movements he makes to create that space, um, almost no other strikers in the world could do that. Very, very few that. You could pack an entire team in your 18 yard box. You can pack an entire team in your six yard box. He'll find space. Mm-hmm. He'll find so space in the telephone box. That brother. Do you know what surprised me? Oh, that I didn't realize in his game, he's got, a, he's got very good vision. Foden, yeah. I was shocked. I was thinking, damn, like <laughs> man's yeah. a playmaker role now. <laughs> like he's a, he's a Arlen, robot. Arlen's always had quite like his all-round game can be so sometimes, but he's always had quite a good final ball. He actually he got very good assist numbers at Dortmund. Yeah, I was just like, and it's not even his final form, and it's not even his final form. That's he's what twenty-one, me that. bro. What 21. scary left foot, right foot, everything. Freaking Kedar. We had that. We had that <laughs> conversation earlier, yeah. but. Before I was team Mbappe, I can't lie after today. I'm I'm moving to team Haaland, bro. Haaland, man. I don't think I don't think Mbappe does what Haaland does in the Premier League. Nah, I don't think he will do that. In terms of the amount of goals, I think there's a lot that there's a lot that Mbappe can do that Haaland can't. Yeah, and vice versa, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'm I'm still having Mbappe above. I think Mbappe is just he he's unreal. Yeah, another player that shocked me today. I didn't expect him to get a hat trick. Was Foden. Like he was cooking you lot's defense. Like he, you couldn't touch him. I don't yeah, he he had a he had a really good performance actually. To be fair, and I'm not a guy who's like a massive fan of Foden, but mm. he 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 definitely had a very good performance. Like he just he was just given free reign at times almost. We like I said, we didn't track in the wide areas. We didn't deal Eric with sort of tracking your winger. Not really tracking much. Uh, Ericsson, you know what? Okay, if a certain other player didn't track for that first goal, Pop crazy, up. crazy things would be being said. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's different treatment, and, and I've been saying this for a while now. You know what? Ericsson and Pogba in the in the pivot are very very similar players. Far more similar than people realize. The difference is Ericsson has the structure to cover his weaknesses. Pogba never had that. Mm. In in the few games where we actually played with some decent structure. Pogba was fine in a pivot. Yeah, he'll make mistakes every now and then, but he had the structure to cover him. But when we asked for that, people said, if Pogba, if Pogba, unlocking Pogba, Netflix series, all that nonsense. No, it's just simple football, bro. <laughs> your, your structure, that's the whole point of team structure, is to accentuate players' strengths and cover their weaknesses. Ericsson has that in a pivot. Pogba's not had that, but today his weakness showed. And like, I'm sorry, but... Having seen the way Pogba was treated for years, like it's just uh, it just doesn't sit right with me, man. 
Before we move on to another segment, I want to know what you man are thinking about David De Gea because I saw some stats recently that was saying oh. that he was performing like near the bottom two keepers in the league, like oh, next to. Because he's the worst. He's a relic of an old generation of goalkeepers. Is what I would he's just he's just not good at football. It's that simple. I I describe him as a relic. He in the the role of a goalkeeper has changed. So before you know, you wanted your just pure shot stoppers. I think that's what David De Gea excels in. Like he's an amazing shot stopper. I don't but think he's is that anymore though. Actually, he's fallen off now. He's fell off. Yeah, is this because the thing is, yeah. as a goalkeeper, your first thing to decline will be your reflexes, and he was so reliant on his reflexes as a goalkeeper, which is why his saves looked so impressive all the time. But now his reflexes are declining. You see, he gets beaten so much easier. He still makes fantastic saves, but he's not the same goalkeeper he was, and as a shot stopper as well. He's becoming exposed more and more every single week, and it is holding Manchester United back. I don't think there's a single player holding Manchester United back more than David De Gea. Yeah, you you hundred percent need a new goalkeeper. Well, McTominay is up up there though. I'm, I'm McTominay. I think actually, <laughs> I I also think it's been it's not been spoken about how he's as much of a beneficiary of this system change because we're not building out the back kind of as much, so it it hides his his tendency to hide from the ball. Yeah. And his, his role essentially has just been dual, win second balls. And fair enough, he's actually been more progressive on the ball. He can pass forwards well sometimes. He's gotten better at it, but we can't build from the back with him. We just, I'm sorry, we just can't. And him him and De Gea are two big need replacing. Now, McTominay, thankfully, we've got Casemiro right there to come in. And we just need to give him games, let him get up to speed. With Ten Hag system, match rhythm, all of that, he'll be fine. This is one of the greatest defensive midfielders of all time we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And actually, on the ball, he's shown a lot of quality so far. He's been better on the ball than McTominay's been. Yeah, yeah, not not very high bar though. But yeah. Not very high bar, but like um, some of so I actually wrote an article about this against Leicester. Some of his passing was so so valuable. Mm. Go on, Karis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say before we move on from the United section, I think. The last thing we need to talk about is Anthony Marshall. I know a lot of you, man, were not celebrating that he scored. So I want to know what you, man, are thinking about him for the rest of the season and maybe United's future. Because, you know, there's been rumours of you guys getting another striker in as well. But I think Marshall had a very good preseason and he actually auditioned quite well today. Like, despite those so many negatives, I think he was a big positive today in his all round play and the two goals he got. I think. Martial is the perfect combination between what we want from Ronaldo's play and what we want from Rashford's play because there's no future in Rashford as a striker. I'm not going to lie to you. It's easy running in behind because even in a in a game against Arsenal, he scored his goal like when he's running from the left side of the field. So Martial is exactly what we need. Unfortunately, though, he doesn't have um, the fitness levels in terms of availability, which is the most important skill actually. Being able to be available for X amount of games per season is a very, very important feature. Do you know what I mean? So underrated. Sorry? Availability is so underrated. So yeah. underrated because like I, I saw a very good argument one day. It was like, I would rather have a player that gives me seven out of tens for 50 games than a player that gives me 10 out of tens two times. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 very 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 important player. I feel like if he can stay healthy this season, we'll have a good season. Like this Man City thing, we'll forget as soon as possible. How old is Martial now? Twenty five, twenty six, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not too. It's not too late for that Ballon d'Or. Yeah, it's, not, it's never too late. 
Never too late. Never too late. You see his hairline. Hairline was strong as hell. He's got a lot of years in him. Is that Ballon d'Or claw still active? <laughs> it's probably voided by now. Ah <laughs> no, but like Anthony Marshall was very very impressive. Rashford was not impressive today at all. I don't know what was. He was just he brought nothing to the game. But Martial, he he's he's steady. I would call him steady. That's the work I'm summarizing, man. What do you think, Yusuf? I, I you know, in terms of Rashford, I do feel bad for him though, because I think he wasn't really they didn't give the ball to him enough. And when he did get the ball, yeah, he was sloppy, but he was just he felt so isolated from the rest of the game at times. And I think that was more down to the guys behind him rather than he himself. But you're right, his goals have kind of come from a left forward position. That's where he's best. What Martial brings to this team, he makes every attacker around him much, much better. He elevates their levels. Even even, even Fernandez, who's just like a liability at times, he can make Fernandez. He, he, a lot of Fernandez's numbers actually are down to how good Martial makes him. Yeah. Uh, but okay. it's like, we just, we miss, when he's not playing, we miss his first touch, the way he controls the ball, the way he can hold it up, the way he picks plays out. He makes intelligent, measured decisions on the ball every single time. His brain just operates on a different level to a lot of the players in our team. What he does on the ball, I don't think I don't think we need to talk about that so much. I think actually what I want to talk about is what he's done off the ball so far. Because pre-season, so far this season, he's shown this level of fire and intensity we've not ever seen from him in terms of he's yeah. really willing to work off the ball. He's willing to get in the box. Like today, he where he followed Fred's shot and got the first goal. That was really good striker state. It's what strikers should do, but it's not what he's always done. And I was really happy seeing that he did that. And then his second goal, he did like he did something that really impressed me. When he won that penalty, usually Fernandez picks it up, he picks that ball up. He said, It's mine, I'm having it. There was that report that came out before the game last night saying he was chomping at the bit to play. He showed it. He showed it when he came on. And I think if he can keep that same hunger, that fight, he can hit his best ever level. And we saw how good he was in 1920. If he can hit a higher level than that, then like you've got a world-class striker, maybe. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think you should get someone like Ivan Tony as competition for him. Yeah. I think Tony's fantastic. I want Tony at Chelsea, man. Fuck Aubameyang. Never Aubameyang, man. That's your guy. At least he scored in it. But yeah, I think a cool topic for us to um, move on to, our last one today, will be um, the idea of uh, if we had an all-star game in the Premier League. Obviously, Todd Burley brought this up and everyone was like, it polarised the internet so much until people think, oh no, like, we're going to Americanize the Premier League, whatever. But I think, I'm not going to lie, I think it would be a cool idea to have like exhibition games in the Premier League where you can just see players do stuff they wouldn't normally be able to do in a normal game. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick two teams, essentially. So All-Star North and All-Star South. Yeah. The problem is, though, I want you guys to try and be creative because the most bait thing to do with All-Star North is to just be Liverpool and City. Yeah. It's too easy. And that's what people did on the BBC app as well, anyway. It was literally just the whole team is Liverpool and City for All-Star North. So... You know, the teams you can choose for obviously the all-star north team you can pick from Liverpool, the Manchester teams, um, just any teams that obviously aren't like in South England, essentially. So for your options for goalkeepers in the all-star north team, you can pick Allison, De Gea, Edison, Dean Henderson, Emmy Martinez, Ilan Melier, Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope, Jose Sarr, or Danny Ward. Mm-hmm. And this is a 4-3-3 formation. Edison. Edison's the safest. You're going Edison, yeah? Yeah. Well, Every, everyone choosing Edison? Alisson for me. Alisson, yeah. That's too I, think, I think Alisson's the best goalkeeper in the world, to be honest. Yeah, I'm choosing Alisson as well. So that's Alisson would go and go. All right, now we're going to right back. 
We've got Trent. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, putting my, I'm putting my foot down on this. We've <laughs> got Trent. Yeah. Sven Botman, he's cold. Yeah. Mark Cancelo, Connor Cody, Nathan Collins from Wolves, Diego Gallo, forget him. Ruben Diaz. Hey, 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 hey. don't do that. <laughs> I had a bad game today, but mine was been one, so that's what do you. Yeah, so obviously you've got, you need to pick a right back for the Northern team. Well, the creativity you get from Cancelo is basically like a midfielder, a right back, so. Yeah, that's a good shout, but I'm... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, is there not like Walker there or something? They can yeah, just there's Carl Walker's there. Where you know, okay, just because just Denzel said about how it's always City and Liverpool players for kids, I'm going to go trippier yeah, just for that sake. It's trippier. Oh. Yeah, he, oh, I, you know, I actually like Trippier. Yeah, goes under yeah. his radars. He's, he's dependable. Yeah. Fantasy let's... football legend. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I will say. Right. Centre-backs. Who are we picking? You've got Laporte, Cancelo, mm-hmm. Conor Cody, Nathan Collins, Ruben Diaz, Harry Maguire, Kara's favourite Man United player, John Matip. Do you know what? Oh, John Stones is there as well, actually. I'm, I'm going off the bat. Varane and Stones for me personally. Yeah, I agree with Karras. Yeah, that's a good pairing. Where well, Diaz not there? Yeah, he is. Well, you might not, he's you a might bit rash for me personally. He's a bit rash. He's good, but he's a bit rash personally for me. You need me. that. You need that. You need a dog. You need that. <laughs> you know what? I've got a brilliant understanding of when to switch between being a dog and that. Chilling a bit. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. Varan Stones. Let's go Varan Stones. Varan Stones. And who are we choosing at left back? Cancelo, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Cancelo, Cancelo moves to left back. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> So, of course, so, so far, so all star north, we've got Allison in goal, we've got Trippier right back, Radden Stone centre back, Cancelo left back. That's a solid defence. Like, if I'm not defence already, north is one. Right, yeah. moving to midfield now, your options are, I don't know why, but they actually make sense. You can actually choose Trent Alexander Arnold, which would be interesting. Miguel yeah. Almiron, Anthony, Emi Buendia, Casemiro, De Bruyne, Luis Diaz, Eriksen, Fabinho. Just any midfielder from the northern teams in Premier League. Well, we need a DM in it. You need a DM, yeah. I, for DM, I would choose Rodri. I'm not going there. What's in the mid? Is Bruno Gomez going to be there? Yeah, he is. I want Bruno He'd Gomez. He'd be good, yeah. If you want something yeah. different, I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Bruno. Right, so we've got Bruno. Right, we need a DM now. We're playing 4 3 3. Casemiro. Have some shame, bro. That's a very right. I relax, yeah. relax. Let's have relax. Champions League winner. Champions League winner. Let's let let's do a vote. Rod Rodri or Casemiro. I'm going to I'm choosing Rodri. I'm sorry, I'm choosing Rodri, fam. I said Rodri. Yeah, I'll take Rodri. I'm sorry. Final spot is going to be a tough one. Because nah, the I think, I think I right now Rodri's better than Casemiro to be double. We need to put some respect on his name. The final spot in midfield is going to be a tough one because the names I was thinking were... It's not tough, bro. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Yes, Kevin De Bruyne. Let's, let's be real, okay? He's the best player in the entire Yeah, Yeah, it's De Bruyne, obviously. Thiago's there as well, bro. 
When Thiago is no, thank you. Cold. Let's not. Uh, have you lost your mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but he's so overrated. But we'll talk no, about when, he's fit, he's when he's fit. When Thiago's fit, he's amazing. But yeah. like Ruben Neves is there too. He did. He did get cooked yesterday. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going De Bruyne. Right. So now we've got Gramares, Rodri, De Bruyne in midfield. Now we've got to pick off three forwards. Kevin, you are not allowed to choose Ronaldo. Remember your player of the month. You are not allowed to choose Ronaldo, Kevin. No, remember <laughs> your player of the month. All right, so who so, are we? Uh, Marcus Rashford is your player of the month. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this PR. Oh, I'm sorry, this team has to have Haaland. That's not even. No, like, oh, of course. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. But now they're off the left. It's about the wingers. <laughs> Could, could we make an argument for Martial over Haaland? <laughs> it's true. Right, yeah, I mean, right, let's rest. Know. There's too much influence now. Give us the options, yeah, because my mind's going blank. Okay, cool. Options. So, for the options, you've got Ronaldo, Almiron, Anthony, Patrick Bamford, Calvert-Lewin, Luis Diaz, Firmino, Foden, Anthony Gordon, Grealish, Haaland, Jack Harrison, Danny Ings, Brennan Johnson from Forest. Diogo Jota, Jesse Lingard, Mares, Darwin Nunes, Podence, Rashford, Rodrigo, Salah, Sancho, Silva, Luis Sinistera, absolutely not, Alan Samagzaman, Oli Watkins, Callum Wilson. Uh, real talk, okay. I'm, I'm going to be bored and say Sam Maxman at left wing because if we're talking about exhibition game, you want to see, you want to you you have some fun, bro. Guess you've yeah. got to get some maximum. Okay, that would be cold, yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, he's going to pull up with his Gucci headband just be rainbow flicking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he could be on the bench. I want to ask a question. You know Gabriel Jesus, what's all his positions? He can play nine. He can play as a winger. Left wing and right wing. I'll, play, I'll put Gabriel, like Gabriel Jesus left wing for my personal team. That's, no, that's for the South, obviously, isn't it? Yeah, because he's at Arsenal. Bro. I'm bugging, sorry. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> cold, it's cold. Right, so, so the front, front three. Twins, Bernardo Silva for me. Oh, we need a right winger. Right. Who's the right winger? Bernardo Silva. Bernardo or Salah? Mm. Salah's cheeks. Please, okay. So, we know Salah's good, <laughs> but this season, season, this season, Bernardo, yeah. This yeah. season, Salah's not been great. Like, we're going Bernardo Silva then. All right. So the completed team for our All-Star North team, but yeah. Allison in goal, yeah. Trippier right back. Yeah. We've got Stones and who else did we choose again? Stones yeah. and Varane. Then left back, Cancelo. Cancelo. Midfield, we chose, let me get that up again. Rodri, Gimarash and De Bruyne. Yep. And then front three, we've got San Maximan, Holland, and Bernardo Silva. Ain't that scary how many City players are in there? It's the North, bro. How many good teams on the North? This, this is like we were trying so to many. not yeah. include as many C players. It was a decent team, I can't lie. Right, now we've got to do the All-Star South one, which I think would be the most interesting one because now it's pretty much open. So for in goal, you can choose from Gavin Bazzuni from Southampton. Don't know who the hell is. Um, Fabianski. Nigerian <laughs> <Fabianski, laughs> like, legend, man. What are you on about? <laughs> you got Larice, Edward Mendy, Aaron Ramsdale. David Raya, Robert, Robert Sanchez, and Mark Travers from Bournemouth. Robert Sanchez. Connor, I'm going David Raya. I'll be, I'll be repping. 
and Ramsdale all the way. Ramsdale does two two ping, and you think it's a good keeper. I can't lie as much as I don't. I'm, I'm <laughs> off this season. I am not choosing. Me out. I am not choosing Edward Mendy, fam. Edward Mendy's a joke. He's been awful. Burnt Leno is a good shot. Leno? Oh, no, 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 no. You're violent. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you're bugging. Um, what, so um, Yusuf suggested David Raya. That's a good pick. I'll take yeah. him over Ramsdale. I'll go Raya or Sanchez, to be honest. I won't lie. Yeah, let's go David Raya. All right, cool. Yeah. Right backs. I'm choosing Reese James. Yeah, Reese James, obviously. Yeah. Name all the options. Yeah, Reese James. It's a unanimous decision. Reese James, bro. Name all the options. I'll hear all the options. All right, cool. Joaquin Anderson, which doesn't make sense, just a defender. Ben Chilwell, yeah, yeah. Kufal, Cresswell, Dyer, Lewis Dunk, Emerson Royal, God forbid, Wesley Fofana, Gabriel, Guehi, Reese James, Tilo Kera. Lloyd Kelly, Ben Mee, Perisic, Christine Romero, William Saliba, Thiago Silva, Joel Veltman, Carl Walkers-Peters. He's a good shout. All I'm saying is... Chenko, Zuma. Reece James got done up by some... What, what team is where, from? By some Croatian attacker. Where's Zagreb from again? Croatia, no? Zagreb? Croatia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. got done up by some Croatian winger. I'm telling you, Hey, respect Zagreb, bro. Respect their team. They're in the Champions League. You're not. Right, centre backs. I think everyone's going to choose Saliba. That's so obvious. Yeah, Saliba and Thiago Silva pick themselves, to be honest. Yeah. All right, so I'll get guessed. Yeah. Left back, I'm going to Korea, I can't lie. Yep. Yeah. I second that. Yeah, I agree. Name not here, bro. Oh, raw. They put Chilwell over Korea. We can't pick him. I ah, fuck it. We're choosing ignore Kukurea. ignore BBC. Ignore yeah, BBC. Yeah, we're, 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 we're saying we're saying Kukurea. All right, cool. Midfield. Our options are Kulishevsky, Mikhail Antonio, Jared Bowen, Eze, Pablo Fornals, Pascal Gross, Hoiberg, uh, Vitaly Yarnell, Matthias Jensen, Jorginho, Kante, McAllister, Martinelli, Mount, Odegaard, Pereira, Perisic, Declan Rice, Bukayo Saka, Song Hyung Min. Thomas Suchek, Leander Trossard, James Will Prowse, Johan Wissar, Wilfred Zaha, and Zinchenko. Just put Declan Rice DM. Simple. Yeah. Do you know what I think would work? Right, we've got Declan Rice's DM. Hmm. I, re- I reckon put Odegaard in there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, I think Odegaard is fantastic. I rate him so much. I think his problem is... He's almost like Sancho. He's, he's so good, but someone well, needs to he's tell him good. how good he is. Yeah. So we've got Odegaard and Rice in midfield. And I, I can't lie, Loki, I want to put Eze there, you know. On the left. Eze's fun. Eze's fun. Can you Eze's good, you but it's got to be obvious I can't lie. Or should we put Mason Mount? No, no. <laughs> no, wait. Put Gran- Granit Xhaka. I need him in there. I even know to him. Oh, they didn't put Xhaka there, bro. I will talk. Can you put can you put Trossard in attack? Because if not, yeah. you've got to get him in the midfield. Hundred percent. All right, cool. We'll put Trossard in midfield then. He'll play, he'll play. Bro, bro, Trossard, Trossard is special. I've been saying this for over two years. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play Trossard left centre mid in in honor of his hat trick he dropped on Crop's head. What a, what a footballer! What a footballer! <laughs> He's playing left centre mid. You got Wait, the way he in. cooked Trent Alexander Arnold was next level. You just you just tore him to pieces. Right, who are we playing as our striker? We've got Shea Adams, Antonio, Adam Armstrong, 
Aubameyang, Bowen, Hudson, and Not Aubameyang for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Eze, Pablo Fornals, Gabi Jesus, Harry Kane, Martinelli, Mitrovic, Kiefer Moore, Mount, Richarlison, Saka, Solanke, Song Hyun Min, the Serbian beast, Ivan, Ivan Tony, Yuan Wissa, Wilfred Zaha. The Serbian beast. No, I'm not going to lie. I want Ivan Tony, bro. Kane, I reckon. Huh? It's going to have to be Kane, to be honest. No, I want Tony, bro. Sadly, if I, was to, if I was to be reasonable, it would be Kane. But if not, then I'll say Jesus. Based, based on what will happen in real life, it would be Harry Kane. But based on memes, I want a Serbian beast. Wow, fam. You man are not feeling Ivan Tony. I, I rate Ivan Tony, to be fair. He's fantastic. No, he's good. But no, I can't lie. Mitrovic has been hard this season. Even um, for his country, he's been good. Mm. So who are we picking as a striker, then? I don't mind, but Mitrovic is my name. I feel like we'll get cooked too much if we don't pick Kane. <laughs> yeah, just put, yeah, just put Kane. Kane um, asterisk. Kane asterisk. Kane asterisk. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Kane asterisk. Kane asterisk. <laughs> Kane is the number nine. Today. All right, so who are we put on the left wing? Gabriel Jesus. You're choosing Jesus over Saka. No, you know what? To be fair, Jesus on the wing works and it gets him in the team. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you know and what? Then Saka, Saka right you wing, know? then I'm fine. Do you know what we can do? We can do interchange because Kane is there. He can do his little false tenting, drop in. And yeah. Jesus, and Jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the middle. Are we choosing Jesus Kane, on the left Kane, Jesus, and Saka. Yeah, Kane, Jesus, Saka works. Right. I'm not going to lie. I'm back in this team to beat the all-star team for the North. Right? Nah, nah, North wins. North, 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 North wins. <laughs> North washes, bro. So we've got in goal, David Raya, right-back, Reese James, centre-back, Saliba and Silva, class. Left-back, Kukurea, midfield, Declan Rice, Odegaard, Trossard, up front, Saka, Kane, Jesus. You're telling me that team is not going to do something? We're um, going to cook, you know. That team... It'll be, a, it'll be a good team, obviously, but North just got too much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tight. Harland, no, Harland, it's, it's the Harland factor game. that's the issue. Yeah, I can't. Like, Har- Harland is breaking Thiago Silva's leg, bro. 100%. <laughs> that, that, that recovery pace is non existent when he's facing Harland, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, remember, I remember when Callum Robertson used to burn um, burn Thiago Silva. Good days. <laughs> <laughs> you have no shame, bro. Right, so that is our All Star teams done. Let us know on Twitter what you would choose in your all-star teams. Um, Yusuf's been amazing having you on. We'd love to have you back sometime as well. It's uh, been a pleasure being on. Uh, before I go, I do want to just like, take a moment, think about those in Indonesia. Uh, if you're not aware, there was a stadium crush uh, in the early hours of the morning in a game in Indonesia. And uh, I think it's 142 was the death toll. So it's, it's sad. Um, yeah. That this is still this happens in football and it, like yeah, I just wanted to mention that and you know, pray prayers go out to all the people affected by this. Definitely, definitely. I think yeah. Nobody should be going to football games and not making it home. Like yeah, we all learned from what happened at Hillsborough, so everyone should be able to safely attend games. Definitely. Um, do you want to let us know where we can find you online or if anything like any projects? Yeah, um, my at is at inside number seven double underscore. So okay. at inside seven double underscore. Nice. Right. It's been me, Denzel, and my co-host Karis and Kevin. And we will see you lot soon again. Bye.